Hey everyone, it's Jake Doberins, Theophany Media President. For right now, new episodes of Creatively Christian will come out every other Thursday. Thank you so much for your loyal support of the show. Please continue to rate and review and shout it on social media, and we would love for you to financially support the show through our Patreon. Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. On this episode, comedian and DJ Jessica It's All Good chats with Dave Ebert about creating clean entertainment and pursuing your dreams. And here's the episode. Welcome back to the Creatively Christian Podcast. I'm Dave Ebert, and I'm now joined by Jessica. It's all good. Uh, she's uh, the entertainer you will never forget. Uh, she's a DJ, stand-up comedian, member of the National Improv Troupe Fish Sticks, uh, as a member of the Atlanta team. Uh, she's also an MC, and from her website, she says, Jessica, it's all good, is a vibrant, clean, and positive comedian who is here to change the world one mic at a time. This southern chocolate-dipped lady brings the stage brings to the stage her unique perspective, high energy, and a bold stage presence that appeals to the masses. Uh, with a background in theater and leadership, Jessica produces comedy shows around the greater Atlanta area. She performs all over Georgia, the U.S., and online, and most recently uh, with Fish Sticks, I think, in Tennessee. Uh, you can connect with her at her website, JessicaIt'sAllGood.com. And uh, Jessica, welcome to uh, the Creatively Christian Podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Dave. Did I miss anything? I know you've got quite the resume. You, you're all over the place. Did I miss anything? <laughs> you've got the basics. There's okay. the, the, the list keeps going, but it's a little too much. So we got to cut it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so that's perfect. Thank you. So of all the things that you do, what would you say your favorite uh, uh, outlet is? I'm going to say stand-up comedy. Um, that is the ultimate goal of some of the extra things I do. I do it not only because I'm good at it, but because bills are real mm -hmm. and it helps with the yeah. income flow. But uh, I do look forward to the day that I can um, I can just do stand-up comedy and I don't have to do some things like the DJing and all that. Obviously, you know, acting and MC opportunities will come with it. I'll probably always have a little DJ under, under there somewhere, but that's the ultimate goal. And um, recently I was reminded how much improv... Uh, it's really like good in my life. Actually, that's when I met you. So um, we're going to see what happens with that because some really cool things have been happening lately. Nice. So I, I have to ask, and I'm sure that our audience is wondering, uh, it's all good. Is that a family name or is that your married name? <laughs> that is neither. That is actually a stage name that was created by accident. And it was a beautiful accident uh, mixed with procrastination that just turned into this beautiful thing. So yeah so is that an accent that maybe is uh not safe for for public or, or no no no, no. I'll, I'll tell you it's just you know some people have these deep things that happen and mine is actually seriously a really silly story with procrastination um when i was in college way back in the day this was in 2005 so my junior year of college i transferred to my new school after getting my associates um making all these friends had some really cool friends. One, um, these two guys that we used to hang out with were super cute, super fun. And if y'all see this now, y'all know, obviously I thought that they were super cute, but um, 
one of them in particular, they would change their names to this funny stuff. And one of them in particular always had like hilarious names every single day. Facebook was not what it is today. It was much more simple. So the coolest thing you could do is really change your profile picture because there was no other pictures or you could change your name apparently. So they kept changing their names and I'm like, Ooh, Oh, I want to do it too. I'm going to change my name. But sometimes I can be a little bit of a perfectionist about things. So I'm like, I got to wait till I have the perfect first name to start things off with. Um, my maiden name is uh, Williams. So Jessica Williams, there was like over 5,000. And mm-hmm. it told me plenty of times, plenty of times that you, uh, there's a lot of you. So I was like, oh, I'm going to have cool names now. I had this sticker I got out of one of those machines that said, it's all good. I love to say it's all good in college, in life. It was just kind of my thing. So I was like, you know what? I will be Jessica, it's all good, Williams, for my first day. And then procrastination kicked in and I never changed it because I never got around to it. And then like one day, someone called my room phone back when phones were attached to the wall. Mm -hmm. And they're like, is this Jessica, it's all good, Williams? I was like, oh, oh yeah. I guess they know me by this now. Yeah. And then I even got a credit in a college film with the full name. So for the longest, it was Jessica Saugood Williams. Um, I got married, ran into a lot of name issues with my birth name and my stage name. So I removed the Williams because it's like, well, I'm married. I have a new last name anyway. Might as well take it off and try to help cut down on confusion and became officially just Jessica Saugood around transition between 2018 and 2020. And 20 is when it really took off like don't put the Williams on please don't no don't do that so yeah how did you get into all these different performance uh uh ventures so you know from DJing to MCing to stand-up and now improv what kind of got you into all that okay um you know life is full of journeys and adventures and I love adventures and cool journeys so I say yes a lot to, and I probably shouldn't have said yes to some things in life, but <laughs> when I tell you it's a very extensive background, you wouldn't believe some of the things I've done and been a part of. But um, I came out to Atlanta to be an actress. My my uh, bachelor's is actually in theater, and even during my associates, I was uh, on a heavy theater track. So Atlanta was a great place to be, um, especially as an African-American woman. I wasn't finding a lot of opportunities in my um, college college town and I was looking on TV and seeing this is where black people go to be successful, especially entertainment. So I was like, I'm going to Atlanta. Came to Atlanta, went through a lot of struggles, fell on my face a lot. So a lot of my yeses were, oh, this is a gig. It fits close to what I do and I can pay bills. So when um, improv popped up, a lot of people might not know improv was before comedy. Um, A friend of mine sent me this thing. She's like, hey, this theater has an audition for uh, improv for kids. You want to do improv for kids? I'm like, yeah, sure. That's what they do. Who's on is it? Anyway, I can, I can try that. So I made the team start doing improv for kids in Cherokee County out here in Georgia. And uh, they had an adult show too. So I was like, oh, I'll do the adult stuff too. And um, that was in 2010 when I auditioned, started performing live 2011, got addicted. And you could have found me in that theater once or twice a month performing and every single week for rehearsal religiously for a good while. Um, Later that same year, 2011, 
my first college, which was in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Spartanburg Methodist College, A, they asked me to come and give a speech. And the speech was um, basically about chasing and drain because they, they were already seeing the things I posted on social media. By the way, people, when folks post things on social media, it doesn't mean that they're doing really great all through life. Just that one little thing. I was like broke, homeless, and going through a lot between 2009 and 2011. But people were seeing the highlights. So, mm -hmm. of course, they're like, oh, this is great. Come speak to us. So I talked about basically the main work I was doing in between gigs, and that was teaching after-school drama programs and doing kids' birthday parties. So I was a clown. I was a princess. I was a rip-off version of special characters you see on kids' shows. Mm -hmm. uh, we won't say the names so we don't get sued. But the <laughs> yeah. version. So um, those stories were absolutely hilarious because kids say the darndest things and do the darndest things when they're in your very expressive class, like drama after school, which is different from during school. And um, and then these birthday parties where kids are literally trying to go home with you, say crazy stuff to you. So I just talked about that and people laughed for 20, 25 minutes straight. In fact, I actually went over the time and they're like, no, keep going. When the show was over, they're like, hey, um, that felt like a real life comedian. Like the students saying this, the Falcon staff, everyone said they felt like they were listening to a real life comedian. So I was like, yes. Okay. And so started going to comedy shows like religiously for about a year almost. And then the following year in September, I finally had my first official stand-up comedy performance, which will be 10 years ago this September. Mm -hmm. So I will be celebrating. So um that was where comedy happened. And my first performance, like it was like epic, like hit everything with flying colors. So I knew that this was something I needed to do. Um, so that's improv stand up. Fast forward to 2015. Again, another yes, accidental situation. One of my friends are like, Jessica, want to go line dancing? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'll go to Electric Cowboy, a place that doesn't sound like some of us would fit in quite that well. But I was like, yeah, let's go. So we go to this place full of people dressed in cowboy attire, whole lot of milk, only a little bit of chocolate chip, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But we had a good time. Well, turns out there was a, a karaoke competition right after the line dance. And I was like, dude, I love karaoke, but it's a competition. They said the finalists, like this is the finale. So clearly something's going on. I don't know if this means I can sing karaoke, but I went up and asked the DJ anyway. He said, by the way, a lot of people didn't know about this scandalous thing, but they know now. Sorry. He was like, just don't tell anyone you're not a finalist and we're just going to slide you in there. So mm. didn't go through all the stuff everyone else went through. Just went to the straight to the final um, competition and won first place. Wow. $1,000 check. Uh, for those wondering, yes, it was Tina Turner. Proud of Mary <laughs> and uh, Boogie from Taste of Honey. So the uh, DJ was like, you know, no one's ever come up to me and asked me and my stuff and then stole the whole show. Mm. I want your information. And then a week later, he calls and he's like, you should be a DJ. And I'm like, ew, you got to pick up heavy stuff. I don't know. That sounds hard. <laughs> he's like, no, um, you don't have to pick up heavy stuff. And it's not as complicated as you think because he gave me like the simple basic stuff. Like I can't scritchy scratch. I have no intent or plans to scritchy scratch, but I can throw a really fun party which is what this guy trained me to do. So by October 2015, I had my first paid DJ gig. And 
the rest is history. It all just kind of fell in from there. Um, the little secret is emceeing actually was before all this on my very first year of college, 2003. So before I knew I would be doing comedy or improv or DJ, all things I never really just didn't think of, I was in, I was emceeing events in college and uh, um, giving public speeches between college and the first few years of my chasing the true adult dream. So all these things just kind of turn into all these things. And here we are, the entertainer. You are an entertainer. Um, (laughs) You were so fun at the uh, improv conference. Um, So I guess uh, one question I I would ask, and it's something that, you know, it's a struggle on my end, but everything that, you know, the biggest parts of your life are in front of people to entertain, to, to make them laugh, do whatever. Do you ever have a problem turning that off and being real or do you, or is being on stage, you being real and that that's just you 24 seven? So it's funny you say turning off being real. Uh, just a little example. My first year of college, I met uh, my best friend who we uh, call Lava. That's her nickname, Lava. Um, and I still remember the day we met. It was like this crazy cosmic explosion with this other girl named Roxy and several other chicks were hanging around in this moment watching like, is this really happening? Because this friend of mine, Roxy, was just as big of a personality. Well, it turns out, Lava, one of the more quiet ladies, ended up being the one that I was going to really click with and become best friends for like ever. But she confessed years later that the first year we met, she spent the whole year waiting for me to turn it off. And about a year, a year later, she was like, oh, my God, it doesn't go off. <laughs> so um, I guess you could say, like, yeah, it's real. But that was also in the younger, more like green behind the ears period of life. Um, mm-hmm. A lot has happened in life in these last, oh, goodness, almost 18 years. Lord Jesus, <laughs> 18 years almost. And um, so there's definitely some more harsher moments that might happen behind the scenes, more quiet, tireder moments. But um, I'm, an, I'm an extrovert which a lot of people might not realize extrovert does not mean big personality versus shy. It means where you get your energy from. Introverts get their in, their energy from inside. So though they might be able to go out and hang out with a bunch of people, at some point they've got to close the door and just have that moment to themselves to rebuild that energy. Extroverts, we feed from outside. So we get energy from everyone else. I'd like to call myself an extreme extrovert. So... I don't need coffee. Just give me people and I'm good. And once there's people, I'm like, people, which means that by myself, I realize that I can be kind of boring to myself. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, even motivation. Like, it takes a lot more to motivate me when I'm alone versus if I'm around, which is why I'm trying to get better at, like, working at Starbucks and stuff now that I'm doing a lot more work at home and things. But, um, but yeah, like, I'm just a hardcore all the way over the top extrovert. And it's not that there's much to go on and off, but on stage you do have to polish things a little bit more, if you will. Mm -hmm. Although trust me, there's plenty of unpolished moments (laughs) and there's certain things you might not want to say on stage, if you will. Mm -hmm. So behind the scenes, like if you came to my house, there might be a little bit more of a chill atmosphere, but there's, something funny that's going to happen because I literally can't help myself. Like I try to be a normal person and it doesn't work. 
Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, today's I'm gonna be normal. Nothing's gonna happen. I'm going to like act like normal people. And then I trip and fall in a crowd of folks, and there it goes. It's like, hi, mm-hmm. I figured out. <laughs> I have a personality. Although I recently started driving Lyft, and my first three rides, they would have no clue that there was a massive personality hiding behind the mask. But trust me, it came out later. Like mm-hmm. my final, fourth ride, we were best friends. Like, oh my gosh. So, and for those who know, yes, I am driving because um, that's the trying to fill in the gaps in between when there's no work, except things have been so busy. I've literally only gotten to do a couple of hours of driving, but let's just say I already have a new comedy. Nice. Do you ever uh, consider taking on a character when somebody gets in like, okay, uh, uh, this person looks old, so maybe I'll play the play an old lady with them or something. Do, do um, you ever do character work or is it just... I mean, lately improv is becoming number one when it comes to acting outside of comedy. Mm-hmm. So in improv, you know, you can take on all kinds of very short, quick characters. Um, back when I was acting a lot more, because right now acting gets that come to me, they're kind of coming because I'm a stand-up comedian. So it's a whole lot of Jessica in there. But I have definitely played in a lot of uh, theater and things. So um, one of my most favorite characters was in 2009. It was actually a community theater pro- uh, program. So this play was a community theater uh, play. And we did the Three Musketeers. And I was Milady, who was very, very evil. And I am so good at playing bad characters. I don't, I mean, you can see all the expressions in my face. Goes very well for uh, for villains. And if I could have any character, I would take the villain in a heartbeat. Mm, yeah, absolutely. That, that was always my favorite to play the heel when I was in wrestling. Because um, I did pro really? wrestling for eight years. And it's so much fun to be the, the bad guy. And also there's less pressure because if you're the good guy and you mess up, suddenly you've lost the audience because they're like, why am I going to cheer this goof on? Yeah, but if you're the bad guy and you mess up, now the crowd's like, yeah, we're going to get on him. So, uh, <laughs> and, and also when you're the bad guy is in wrestling, all you do is find that one kid. And if you get that kid upset, suddenly the, all the adults around him are going to rally like, hey, kid, we got your back. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because it's like really interactive, right? Yeah. yeah. I am. Um, yeah. That would be fun to watch. I'm not gonna lie. That, that sounds like it'd be a fun show to go to. Well, I mean, I was in spandex, so I don't know how how fun that would be to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on. Um, so how do your your ventures? How does faith and your testimony? How does that all come together with the the different creative things that you're a part of? Well, that is a, a very good question. Um, first of all, um, like, you know, I'm in a faith-based improv troupe. I'm a clean comedian, which means um, I, I don't go under the title of Christian comedian, but I'm clean that I can do churches. And when I do things like churches and Christian events, then it's very Christian and clean comedy. But um, the reality is real life isn't always that great, that perfect. And on stage, I'm obviously, I, I think I try to be pretty transparent, but one of the reasons I always tell people like I'm a clean entertainer is because it's a gift from God. Um, we might have our struggles to deal with behind the scenes, but when I'm out there on stage, I'm, I'm 
um, being a, a different kind of light. Obviously, you want to be a light at any time, but this is a, a different light that's probably going to go a little further because you're on stage, because you're on camera. And so I, I think about the things I say. When I do comedy, I really believe that every single thing you say is important. Um, these people came to watch you. These people spent money and time to get here. You owe them something, so leave them with something positive. So um, as an improver and sometimes procrastinator, I will um, keep my comedy kind of fluid. I will write a game plan, but it's not like it's a very rehearsed game plan because I let my audience get involved. And so sometimes you might think you're going to do one thing, and then something happens or you feel something in the audience and it leads you into a different direction. I do believe that is the spirit of God that happens in those places, even in the most secular places. Um, and I try to pray before every show to kind of help. And I don't know, I'm like, God, is this really an excuse to procrastinate and improvise? But I'm usually like, uh, God, I, I have a plan, but you have a bigger plan. So let me say what needs to be said for someone in this audience today. So that kind of kind of also helps keep you grounded. Remember some of the reasons you're doing this. And I do believe this is uh, the path he sent me on because uh, I was at a young, young age. I decided I wanted to be an entertainer, really focus on acting. Um, when I came out to Atlanta, which I do credit a lot of things that have happened to me since I've been in Georgia to where I'm going, but the things before, um, I came out here on a hardcore like leap of faith because I lost my job and every everything where I was living in my college town. And when I tell you, like, I hit the ground hard, um, as in fell on my face, messed up, that's where I ended up being homeless for a little while, going through the climbing, the like, all the way from the bottom, trying to climb back up um, journey. But I really felt like God was telling me to come to Atlanta. And there were days I was sitting there crying, like, are you sure? I actually gave up, by the way. Like I said, that's it. Go back to mom and dad's house. I was wrong. And within two months, I was right back in Georgia. So he said, You're, this is it. This, I'm giving this to you. And, and here we are. I'm here. And now when I look at how much has happened since when I first came out here, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is God. So mm. uh, keep doing what he wants you to do. But also, you know, going with the, the flow of the spirit, if you will. So, yeah, I do believe uh, that my, uh, my faith, the, my spiritual connection with um, our father above uh, led me in this direction. And I try to make sure that when I'm on stage, obviously not every show is a Christian show. Um, and even clean shows can have interesting moments where you're like, eh, should that have come out on stage? But I, I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be, where he wants me to be. And I feel like I'm making some kind of impact and hopefully it's leading some people to Christ or at least in the right direction. Um, one big thing I can say that is, in the secular realm, but I do believe kind of feeds into the uh, the Christian realm is people will come up to me and say, you didn't cuss. You didn't, you didn't talk about this, this and that, but you were hilarious. Cause I think so many people think now that shock factor is the only thing that can be funny. They have to be in a raunchy, loud, gross, crazy situation. So they're almost surprised when I come up and make them laugh and like, wait, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. You didn't do this wow, I didn't know clean comedy could be so fun. So mm -hmm. I feel like I'm I'm making a little bit of an impact and dropping a few little seeds here, especially in Georgia. Nice. Have you been on, a, on maybe an open mic or a show where like the people before you are so 
raunch and so filthy that you're like, Lord, maybe maybe I need to get out of here. Uh, have you been in that situation, and how do you handle it? Plenty of times. Stand-up comedy, while you can be in some really great atmospheres, you can be in the worst. And I've definitely been in shows that make me want to sit really close to the exit in case something pops off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, I, I'll never get, forget this one show in Vegas because of the content before. I would not say what happened. Um, it, if this, I would rather talk about this in a different way, but I definitely will talk about it out loud. But it was so funny. And it's like, yo, I'm like the only woman on in this space besides the lady serving drinks right now mm. and y'all thought this was okay so once i got on stage i called it out in a very cute little innocent but funny way that probably made all these men realize oh let's not scare away our guests our female guests from atlanta here because mm. it, it i i mean i'm also very honest and sometimes things just come out so it was it was absolutely hilarious how i handled it they appreciated it and then the comedians after that finally stopped staying on that one subject that this one comedian kind of opened with that everyone felt like they had to say something about. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. Yeah. Uh, with uh, our, uh, with uh, uh, well-versed, uh, we did a show at a uh, bar. They were having a comedy night and one of our members was a friend with the bar owner. She's like, yeah, come on over. But it was an unfiltered, you know, raunch fest. The lady before us, I mean, I can't even say what she talked about, but we, we actually, we prayed before we took the stage. We're like, Holy Spirit, clean the stage. And, and not to be boastful, but when we went up there and we were clean, uh, we were different because we did improv. Everybody else was stand up, but because we were clean, people didn't have to check themselves before they laughed. Like some of the stuff was so bad. You could feel like the, there was a beat where they, where the audience was looking around like, is it okay to laugh at this? But with us, they could just appreciate it. Uh, have you ever seen that happen? On, on oh the... yeah, oh yes, oh especially the um, the the elephant in the room of a situation when something that said race related, you can see like all the white people look at me and the few black people in the room like, <laughs> can we laugh at this? But then I'll get on stage and do some comedy, and I might point out race because I actually do have a lot of clean positive stuff around race and I don't understand why so many comedians feel they have to be so negative and awful when it comes to race so um I talk about my things and they're like oh it's okay and then I've definitely had some things I've said that pertains to being black and you can tell people like is it okay and from the stage I'm like I said it you can laugh it's like and then um and then you have those moments where people are just like but I don't want to I'm like no 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 go ahead it's okay but it's also Again, that positive energy and the um, it's, it's the different vibe that makes people realize it's it's okay. But race makes a lot of people uncomfortable anyway, which it, it shouldn't. But it, it, it shouldn't. It's a society trying to keep everybody apart, basically. Um, I did I did a stand up show where I was the uh, the only um, pale face for miles, uh, and I will you know I I opened and I walked and said hi my name is Dave Ebert if you can't remember the name uh, you can just uh, call me Token. <laughs> you know I um so little secret for people who don't know or don't follow and some who follow just don't follow close enough I'm married to an extremely pale white man I actually um in my comedy calling him extra white and if I go to a show where he's with me and it's a predominantly black show or usually all black show 
there's I will always put comedy. So they're like, oh, don't worry. That one white guy, he's good. He's with me. Because there's definitely some people who are just like, who? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. We're good. I got you. He, he came with me. Although I did have one show. It was literally like 500 people in the audience. There was three white people in the show. And I had a whole good five minutes set my husband and then after the show i'm holding hands with him in line somewhere and this woman comes up to me and she's like oh that's really your husband i thought you were just joking now yes i'm a comedian but that is a really personal way to joke about a complete stranger like my husband really but people are are so ignorant that sometimes they just don't want to be the opposite of ignorant so it was uh that that kind of stuff happens and i've learned that at the end of the day you'll joke about your white husband and people want the proof, and then they see the camera, so they'll see your picture on your phone. They're like, "Oh my gosh, he's really white." And I'm like, "No, he's not. Yes, <laughs> yes, he is." I think that's the beauty of comedy when it, it's done well. It can kind of poke the bear and kind of bring to light the things that people don't want to talk about. Oh and, yes, and that—that's the beauty of what Jeff Dunham does with Ahmed is. He says the quiet part out loud through the character and, and breaks down a lot of walls by doing something that nobody else could do with just a mic. But through a puppet and through comedy, he can he can say some things that 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 bring people together in a way that otherwise you can't. It is amazing what pills you can make people swallow with laughter. Mm-hmm. So being a part of this uh this lifestyle, this career, this community of funny is one of the biggest blessings that has happened to me in my adulthood. Nice. So as we wrap up, uh, a couple uh, final questions. Uh, what is something that our audience can do to support you and what you're doing? Oh, oh my gosh. I think the biggest thing is follow. I'm so bad at asking people to follow me. Uh, I don't know why I can't do better, but us out in society, they want you to have all these followers so I'm like, well, follow me if you want to. So if you want to, please follow alone. If you are in, um, if you're in an area where I'm, where I'm performing, please come to a show. Um, whether that is in Georgia or out of state, uh, I get to go to South Carolina a lot because I got family there, and um, they're like uh, people who book me because they're like, this woman can pull a crowd in South Carolina. My family's pretty big, and after my family reunion, I realized it's bigger than I knew. So glad I didn't marry black guys from Greenville, South Carolina. Just throwing that out there. Probably would have been kissing my cousin. Anyway, so so um so yes, I follow along, watch things, help views get up. The the big things that make the world tick with social media. And the uh, uh, is Facebook your primary? Because uh, um, I have uh, on the screen now and in the show notes is at Jessica. It's all good, all one word. Um, and is yes. that the primary? Uh, you also. I would say Facebook and Instagram definitely kind of almost are hand in hand. Uh, Instagram is Jessica underscore it's all good. But if you look up Jessica, it's all good. I think it'll pop up naturally. So, yeah. And then uh, connect through the website, uh, uh, Jessica, it's all good.com. Um, and uh, what's, what would your final message be for the audience? Anything that you feel on your heart you want to share? Um. Well, I definitely would like to tell people that uh, dreams are definitely real. Um, It doesn't hurt to go after the thing that was put on your heart 
just understand it might look a little bit different from what you thought maybe when you were younger. For example, thought I was going to be an actress. I'm a comedian. It's the best thing that could have ever happened to me. So uh, I got here by chasing the dream to be an actress, and it led me down an amazing path. So uh, trust God when the path looks different from what you expected, because his um, his plan is better and bigger than your expectations. Awesome. So I, I'm putting you on the spot. I didn't warn you about this, but uh, would you mind closing us in prayer? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Come on, everybody. Close your face. Let's do this. Um, Father, I just want to thank you for this opportunity to spend this time with Dave all the way in Illinois. Yay. Um, it's been a blessing, the kind of connections that you've brought in my life, the people I've had the chance to, to, um, to just be in the presence of and connect with. So being able to talk through this crazy thing, the internet that you've given us, and those some crazy things happen with it, moments like this that are really awesome and such a blessing. These are the kind of things that I'm so grateful that you've given us in this world and society today. Let people realize that it is okay to connect. It is okay to, to know others and meet others and laugh with others, hug and pray with others. And may what we do today and what we do from here on out touch and bless many others as we go on our journey in life. And anyone who's listening and watching today, please bless them to know that who you are is okay. What God is giving you is enough. And you have dreams that are coming, even if they look a little different, go after them anyway. Thank you again. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, Jessica, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, wish you all the best. Uh, uh, wish, uh, uh, again, healing uh, for for the throat thing. And uh, wish you the best out there on stage. You know, keep them laughing. Thank you. Thank you. You keep the good work, Dave. Thank you so much for listening today. To see the resources mentioned in this episode, you can head over to theophanymedia.com forward slash Jessica. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Dave Ebert, and Rachel Oxborough. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer did our music. And Jake Doberins produces and edits the show. <laughs>